Good to see everybody. We're back in our evangelism class and we're, our lesson this morning is the gospel conversation. So why don't we open in prayer and then we'll get started. Lord, we thank you for the morning. We thank you for the new day. Oh God, we just thank you that we can come and study your word, that we can come and talk about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, bless this morning, help us to learn, teach us what it means to share the life-saving message of Jesus Christ and how we can do this. In his name we pray, amen. Okay. I'm getting used to moving my slides forward here. Okay, so this is a wonderful verse. This is from Paul in Romans 10, 14 and 15. How shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. Romans 10, 14 and 15. So this follows Romans 10, 9 and 10, right? Where if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So I think this is a beautiful verse because this is what we do. We bring the message of good news. So you could look down at those size 13 double E's that you're wearing there and your feet are beautiful because you're bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to people, the life-saving message that they need. So let's look at a few of our memory verses. I just quoted Romans 10, nine and 10. Who knows 1 John 1, 5? Who'd be willing to share 1 John 1, 5 with us? We'll just do a couple of these memory verses. Who's been working on their memory cards? Nathan. Perfect, that's awesome. Okay, how about 2 Corinthians 5.21? Who's got that? Anybody? Oh no, some of you do, you're just shy. Paul. Uh, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Excellent, that's really wonderful. How about one more, Titus 3.5, a wonderful verse. Who's got that? Okay. Good. Yeah, very good, very good, excellent. Okay, how about a question from our homework? What is the importance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ when we're talking about the evangelism message? What's the importance of the resurrection? As we're, Great, great. So Susan's saying it showed that God accepted the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that God put his stamp of approval to cover our sins. That's exactly right. That's, it's God's sign. If Jesus had laid in the tomb, we wouldn't be saved, right? But because he paid our, the price for our sins, he died on the cross, God raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead that he had accepted the sacrifice. And because of that, we too will be raised from the dead. His 
sacrifice has covered our sins. Next slide. So I'm gonna talk about a few just first things this morning. We're gonna talk about how we share the gospel. And we're actually gonna practice that. We're actually gonna have some of you come up here and we're gonna talk, we're gonna have some practice sharing the gospel scenes. But the first thing I wanted to say is just having a heart for sharing the gospel is probably the most important thing when we talk about having a gospel conversation. And living the light of Jesus Christ wherever you are is one of the most important things that opens those doors that you might be able to have those gospel conversations. I, I can't tell you how many times at work I've had my unbelieving colleagues come and sit down and talk with me because they know I'm a believer and they know they're not gonna get answers from anyone else, answers that matter. And so they come and talk with me about important things. We're gonna talk about some of those things in our scenarios this morning, but they've, especially like when death faces a family member or a dear friend, uh, they come and talk with me about these things. So, and I think the other thing we have to remember is as a believer, we should live a life always looking to bring the good news. So we're always looking for those opportunities wherever we are, whether we're in the grocery store, whether we're out with our neighbors, but we're always looking at that opportunity. What's a word that they've said? What's a thought they've given us? How can I work this into a gospel conversation? And as we'll talk about, that gospel conversation may not be a long conversation, but just some way that you can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the other thing I would say is, whatever you do, understand God will honor your efforts. Don't feel like you have to share the whole nine yards of the gospel because many times you won't have that opportunity. You'll have an opportunity just to say a word of grace to someone, but to open the door. And so I call that the seed planting, right? We're all farmers for the gospel, right? We're planting seeds. The Lord taught us that some are gonna plant, some are gonna water, God's gonna give the harvest down the road. So look for any little opportunity. Like I, I'll tell you, even when I'm like checking out at the lunch counter at the hospital, sometimes the, the checker will say, have a blessed day. And I'll, my response to that is, you know something? That's something Christians usually say. Are you a believer? Do you know Christ? And she's, oh yes. So you know Christ is your Lord and Savior? She, oh yes. You know, that may be the only, because there's other people behind me, right? And she's, but that may be the only thing I get to say, but I'm looking for that opportunity to plant seeds of grace, to open, and sometimes those open longer conversations with people, but some little opportunity you have to open the door. And the other thing I would tell you is, work on your memory verses, but don't panic when you're sharing the gospel because if you can only remember a few of them, share what you can remember and don't panic about that. The other thing I'd just like to encourage you is, remember, we share the word of life. So when you come to people, you have what they need to live. It's like you have the cure for eternal cancer, right? Sin that's on their souls. We have the word of life. We have what they need to hear to encourage them. So understand that you come with the good news. Okay, next, next slide. So let's talk about the gospel message. Just very briefly, we can summarize it. So God, God is good, he is righteous, he is all powerful, he is sovereign, he's the Lord over all, he's the creator of all. 
And God is perfectly holy, right? And he demands perfect obedience to his commands, to his law. Man, so we start with God. When we talk about the gospel, we tell people who God is. And nowadays we can't necessarily assume that people understand who God is, right? We, we kind of live in the Bible belt, right? Where everybody is supposed to, but we don't live in the Bible belt as much anymore, right? So we have to, and when we talk about God, people are gonna have a lot of different definitions of God. Um, but we have to help them understand from the scriptures what, what it says about God. Man, that man's broken his commandments. So we're sinners and we're gonna pay the penalty of death and eternal punishment in hell because we've broken his commands, starting with Adam over the whole human race. And man can't save himself because a lot of times when you get into these gospel conversations, it's gonna be a works-based salvation, right? Christ, so we move from God to man to Christ because God in his great love sent Christ to earth. Christ came, John 1, 1, he was, the word was in the beginning, he was with God, John 1, 13 and 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. God, because of his great love with, with, with which he loved us, sent Christ. Christ came to demonstrate God's love by dying on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And he redeemed his elect by his blood on the cross. So what he did on the cross was he paid the penalty by his blood, he covered our sins. He took those sins away for those who would believe on him. And he rose from the grave and he ever lives now to save those who believe on him. So the message is who is God? Who is man and what has man done? Man's fallen under the condemnation of God because we've sinned against God. What did Christ do? He came to pay the price because of God's great love. And what must happen then? What do you need to do, sinner? You need to turn to him in repentance and faith. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. That's the core of the message of the gospel. And if you can't remember anything else other than that, that's the core of the message of the gospel, what he's done for us that you share with people. Next slide. Next slide. <laughs> Okay, so launching the gospel conversation, that's the hard part, isn't it? That's the part that we all just, how do we do this? How do we get to the point where, I'm gonna fall and break my neck up here. How do we get to the point where we can actually launch in and share that conversation? How do we break that ice? And you know, it's gonna depend on what kind of life situation you're in, whether you're talking with a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, maybe a teacher or a mentor, a family member, a spouse, a child, or just some stranger God's put in your pathway. All these situations are different. And how we launch into that conversation is gonna be different. Obviously, it's gonna be different with a family member, for example, that you've, you've grown up with and that you're so close to versus a complete stranger. So we're actually gonna act out a few of those little scenes this morning and walk through how we do those things. Whatever the different situation is, nonetheless, the gospel message is the same. It's the same for everybody that we have to share. Okay, next slide. All right, so how to begin this conversation? You need to get to know the unbeliever. Uh, again, that's gonna kind of depend on the situation you're in. If you're in a street evangelism situation, you don't have a lot of time, but you can still get to know them as you start to share that conversation. But if, for example, I like to use the work Example, when you work with people uh, day in and day out, 
that's where you really kind of want to get to know them. Or your neighbors or someone like that. You want to show love and respect for them. You want to be, let them know you're a believer. You want to kind of open that ability to have that conversation with them. The thing too you want to do is listen. When we're sharing the gospel, we want to listen to their responses. We want to hear them. That kind of shows love and respect to them. The other thing we want to do as we're sharing the gospel and getting into the gospel conversation is we want to ask really good questions that kind of opens them up. So what's an open-ended question? Because we want to ask open-ended questions. What's the difference between, say, an open-ended question and a closed-ended question? And I just ask you an open-ended question, right? A closed-ended question ends with yes or no, right? Yeah. Did it rain yesterday? No, right? That's a closed question. But what's an open-ended question? What do you think about the weather? <laughs> you know, we want to ask them open-ended questions. Not just always do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, but tell me how, if somebody says they're a Christian, for example, uh, one thing I like to do is say, well, tell me how you came to know the Lord. And then I open them up and let them tell their gospel story and you learn a lot. But that's the kind of questions we wanna ask, our open-ended questions to get them to talking, to get them to open up their heart and their mind and their feelings so that then we know how to witness and share to them. We wanna wait patiently too. That's really important and your, your book talks a lot about this, but we wanna listen and hear them out. That shows them respect. You know, we don't wanna just jump in every time with something we wanna say, but hear them out. So we were out yesterday at the North Lake Commons, some of us in our small group, and we had a really good opportunity to talk with a, a young lady and we just heard her out. And the more we heard her out, the more we heard. <laughs> the more we heard about family situation and what's going on and you know, it just gave us so many opportunities to talk with her, to pray with her, you know, but we heard her out and waited patiently with them. Okay, next slide. All right, so we're gonna, t we're gonna walk through this. We're gonna kind of walk through this in some scenarios and do a little role playing and talk about how we share the gospel. So I'm gonna play the unbeliever in this scenario and uh, I would like a volunteer, one of the men might come up here, somebody who would play the role of the evangelist and the coworker, somebody who come up and is gonna share the gospel with me. I need to hear the gospel. So I'll tell you about the scenario while you're coming up here. <laughs> but I'm your colleague and I've just gotten some really bad news in the last week or so. My wife's got breast cancer and I'm not a believer and my whole world has been pulled out from under me. And we just kind of run into each other at the coffee pot at the Kerrig on Monday morning. And uh, I just, I don't look the same and I need to talk to somebody. So who's gonna come up and talk to me about the gospel? Oh, don't be bashful. I'll walk you through this too. Come on up, Clint. No. Okay, so we're, we're just gonna be standing here, Clint, sitting, and I'm, we'll, we'll just stand here, how's that? So I'm at the coffee pot, and you've just walked up to me, and you just looked at me and said, you look, realize something's wrong. So you just walk up. 
Well, hello, Craig. You don't look like yourself today. Is something wrong? Oh, Clint. I, I mean, I, you know, you're like, you're, like a, you're like a good friend and somebody I work with, and um, I just didn't be able to talk to anybody all weekend. It's like, you got a minute? We could talk. Okay. In this kind of scenario, I'll just say one thing. Sometimes I look at what kind of situation am I in. I, and am I in a very public situation with a lot of people around and I realize somebody needs to talk? And I might say, hey, hey, if I've got an office, hey, do you want to you come back to the office? We can have a little privacy. We can sit and talk together. Or, but, you know, we, just be sensitive to the situation and people around you. But, so, oh, yeah, man, like, okay, like here we're in, we're in your office. Yeah, you mind if we sit and... Can we just yeah, like sit? Okay. Uh, you know, it's like my wife, Becky, it's like, she's like my life, man. It's like, you know, I was out last week a couple of days and you know, she, she, had a, she had a biopsy. She had like an abnormal mammogram. And the doctors wanted to do a biopsy and, I mean, it's cancer. It's like... We've we just been like, we've been like devastated. Like, she's my life. She's, she's like everything to me, Clint. It's like, you know, we got the three kids, and, and i just been like laying. I couldn't sleep last night. It's like, what if she dies? Like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm just devastated, Clint, to be honest. And I hadn't been able to talk with anybody and this has just been like all just up inside of me. And, and I, I know you're a friend and, and I, I know you're like religious. And I, I felt like maybe I could like, like I could just talk to you, you know? Well, sure, Craig. I hate to hear that. I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, so I'd, I'd ask where, uh, where is your hope at? I mean, do you see any hope in this situation? Yeah, like we got a good doctor. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, what else can we do? I mean, that's kind of like what we're, we're hoping in is like, we're hoping it's not stage four. We're hoping like we got a good doctor, but I, I, that's like all, that's it. Praise the Lord for good doctors, Craig, and I, I hope that you found a good one. But have you considered beyond this life? Did, have you ever considered what there is after this life or hope in, in an afterlife? If if things don't go well with your wife, wh where is your hope at? Oh, man, that's like a heavy question. I, and I, I, you know, I appreciate you because I, I kind of knew that's where you would go. But, you know, it's like we've, I mean, we've lived pretty good life. I mean, I felt like she's the only, she's just my high school sweetheart, you know, and, and I, I, she's the only one I've ever had in my whole life. And we've been faithful and we raised our kids our kids to be good kids and and we you know we I think we just try to live pretty good lives but um I don't know beyond that Clint that's just kind of where we are man it's like living good lives and and trying to be decent people and and uh um you know trying to work hard at my job and she raises the kids and but it's just kind of where we are I mean yeah I understand well, you know, I'm a Christian, Craig. We've talked about that before. 
And the Bible says that there is one God, and he's the creator of all things, of you and I and all the earth. And he's given us his word, and it tells us that he's created us in his image. But all of us have fallen short of the standard which he set. You know, have you ever read God's word? Have you ever seen the Ten Commandments before? No, man, you know, I've heard, obviously I've heard about them because, you know, I've grown up in this society and, you know, everybody has, but I've never really read the Bible, to be honest with you, Clint. I mean, I had good parents, took us to church, but I just kind of get in college and I just didn't follow their ways at all. So, yeah. Okay. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that, yeah, God has created us all in his image, but that man has sinned against God, that we have chosen to disobey him and rebel against him and his purposes for us. And that sin is missing the mark. And what that does is that separates us from a holy God. And the Bible says in James that if we break one commandment, that we're guilty of them all. And so the bad news, Craig, is, is that you may have tried to live a good life and you may have raised kids the problem is that you and I both have sinned against God. Have you ever considered that? Yeah, yes, I have. But how's this going to help my wife with breast cancer, man? How's this going to, like, help me where I am right now? Yes, well, there's great news. There's great hope. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. I'm glad that you came back with me to my office. That The hope is that God saw us in our desperate condition, that, that when we break God's law, there's no way to restore that, and we deserve God's punishment. And that's terrible news. That's scary news. But the amazing thing is that God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to this earth to take on human flesh, and he's lived the life that you're supposed to live, that I'm supposed to live, and he was perfect. Jesus was without sin, and he, he offered that life on the cross. I'm sure you've probably heard that before. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Okay, we can end it now. We can end it now. Thank you, Clint. We're going to talk more about... Because mainly I want to talk about how we get good job, Clint. And that was extemporaneous, trust me, very extemporaneous. But this is what I want to talk about is kind of how we get into these gospel conversations. Next slide, David. So, you know, again, we, we, uh, we show them love, respect. Clint did that very well. Empathy, compassion. You know, I, I always consider in a situation, and I, I honestly have had doctors, coworkers, ex exactly this kind of stuff, share with me and come and sit down. And I always say it's a privilege that they're going to share their heart with me, that they're going to share these most intimate things. So Clint did a very good job. He, was, he listened to me. He was slow to speak. He really he held his words. But he led me into the gospel of grace um, and mercy of God. And, you know, sometimes I might start out really, Clint did a great job. And I'm just saying this is just other, other things you can do is I might start out reading Psalm 23 with them, something to comfort them, but then talk with them about how Jesus really is our great shepherd too. And I might share some of those verses out of Hebrews 2 or Hebrews 14 about, you know, how Christ walked on this earth and he understands, he understands sickness and sorrow and death and all of those things. And as Clint did, lead it back into the gospel about how he came, he bore our sins and that we might have salvation. So that was a really good job, Clint. Next slide, David. So, and other things is you can kind of relate your situation to them. Have you ever, you know, before you knew Christ, how you might have responded to situations like this? That's sometimes helpful that, you know, man, like 
I understand. Before I knew Christ, this is kind of how I felt too, this, this same way. But you know something? A number of years ago, I came to know Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. And now when I face these situations like death and all this, this is how I respond because I know of Christ's hope and lead them into that gospel conversation. But again, you're, you're just looking for avenues to share the truth, avenues to share the good news, the balm of Gilead, which they need. Um, so again, listen to their conversation, which is very important, and listen with a true, empathetic, sympathetic, compassionate ear. But think about those ways that you can lead that conversation right back right back to Christ and give them hope, the true hope, which is the gospel. Okay, next slide, David. Okay, so I wondered if, if it's okay if, if a couple of the ladies might come and, and stand here and I'll guide you through this conversation. I'm somebody who's a, this situation is this, a neighbor's, your neighbor. And you know how we've gotten, all the neighbors who live around us are unbelievers, Beverly and I. And um, you always feel in your heart, I need to share the gospel with them. And so it's that kind of scenario where you've got a neighbor, you want to share the gospel with them, and you know what you've decided to do? You've decided to invite them over for coffee, and just how do you get into that conversation? Because that's where you're headed with this, is to share the gospel with them. If nobody wants to come up, we can kind of do this as a group, too. That's okay. We'll do this as a group. How's that? I won't embarrass anybody. So I'll embarrass the men, though. (laughs) So, when we're in that gospel conversation, ladies, and we've got them over for coffee with us, we talk through, <clears throat> pardon me, we talk through, what kind of things might you talk through with them? Just, just general, just general conversation. Kids, that's great. Yeah, that's a very good one. Jim, you're not a lady though, but I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, you want to have kind, you know them, you kind of know your neighbors. I mean, we'd all say we don't know them intimately and personally like we do the body of Christ. But yeah, you might talk with them about their kids and what's going on. Um, I've had some of our neighbors talk with me about their kids and their problems going on and so forth. But yeah, you kind of want to find some common ground where you can talk with them and relate to them, right? Show your love for them. What else? Anything else? Yeah, that's, a, that's really good, Joseph, to your own experiences, what's your hope, yeah. You know, sometimes, and I'll just say I've done this before, sometimes it's what you've had a good conversation with them, you could just launch into, launch into the gospel question. Sometimes I'll, I had my next door neighbor's son over a few months ago, we were actually digging a ditch <laughs> together, and he, he came over to help me, and uh, I just looked at him and said, Chris, you ever read the Bible? I was trying to think how to get into this conversation. We're out there digging ditches and hauling rock, uh, rocks out. And, and uh, uh, he looked at me and said, why, do you think I need to? <laughs> but I just said, no. I said, because it's the most important thing there is in the world, Chris. And then we launched into, you know, why? Why, why that is, that, that why it's the most important thing in the world. And yes. No, yes, come, come. When you're talking with neighbors, do you recommend to have multiple visits before you share the gospel, or do you just recommend the first time you meet them, you share the gospel? I don't know if it's useful to build some type of relationship before sharing the gospel. 
That is a wonderful question. So she's asking, <clears throat> if everybody heard that, the first time you meet your neighbors, do you just launch into a gospel conversation? I would say if you have the opportunity, do it. You know, today is the day of salvation. You know, we don't know if they might hop in the car and get killed in a wreck on the way to Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Or fall over. But I would, yeah, go ahead, Sue. So, thanks. So the gospel, you basically are telling a person you are a sinner. So some people can take offense, and that's fine. Uh, but that's why I don't know if it's better to kind of build a relationship a little bit before telling them you are a sinner. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very good question. And <clears throat> so if it's a neighbor who's moved in, I might have a little bit different gospel conversation with them. You're right, because I'm going to hopefully build a relationship. But if I get an opportunity to share, I'm going to share. I'm not going to miss that opportunity. You know what I mean? Very, that's an excellent, excellent question. How do you, how do you, you're building relationships with somebody like a neighbor, and you, you don't want to just turn them off right off the bat, but at the same time, you want to share the gospel, you know? So, I mean, like, I'm going to have some of the guys come up who do street evangelism in a minute, and street evangelism's different because you may never see that person ever again. So you give them all the gospel, all the warnings, and all that. I might not give my neighbor all the, the hard warnings, you know what I mean, and et cetera, but to try to build a relationship, but I'd give them the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You can share that gospel message in love with them, but I wouldn't miss that opportunity. Wonderful question. Okay, so we kind of launch, we try to find those ways to launch into that conversation just however we can. Sometimes I was going to say, I just launch into it and say, so-and-so, <clears throat> let me ask you a question because you're my neighbor and my friend and I really care about you. If you were to die tonight and stand before God, why should he let you into heaven? If he were to ask you, why should I let you into heaven? Or, you know, there are many ways that you can phrase that, that question. They're in your book too. Um, you know, what does it take to get into heaven? What are God's requirements for getting into heaven? I might just ask that question. You know, you're my friend and I neighbor and I care about you. Let me just ask you this question. It's kind of like me asking my neighbor, you ever read the Bible? <laughs> you know, um, because I was trying to launch into that, quest, into that issue. And we actually had a very good conversation after that about the gospel and about salvation. And it, but it just gave me the opportunity to launch into it. But I was just looking for some way um, and if you're going to invite your neighbor over, you can be thinking about this ahead of time, how you're going to steer this conversation, you know, and, and things going on in their lives, questions you might ask them and how you might encourage them, you know, invite them to church too. That's another thing you can do. Um, anybody else, any other ideas you might have? Ah, my wife is in the very back. Yes. Yeah, Beverly, most of you probably heard what she said, but like we've had this situation with neighbors across the street from us who we never go to church, we don't think of believers, had a mother who died in the house with them and took them meals, and that was the opera, that opened doors, opened doors for us to talk with them, you know, about faith and pray for them, et cetera, et cetera. But any opportunity you have like that to just show kindness, acts of kindness to them, to get in the door, and like Bev said, there are not very many unless they're hardcore pagans who are going to turn down prayer. And when you pray, you can pray the gospel. <laughs> you know that, you learn that, you can pray the gospel. Actually, one of my 
professors in Bible colleges to teach us that if you're ever witnessing to like Mormons or somebody, give them two minutes to share the gospel, what they believe about how you get to heaven, then you share for two minutes and then you pray. And he said, you pray the gospel. You pray the gospel, right? So anytime you pray the gospel, anytime you pray, pray the gospel to them. Pray the gospel. Very good, Beverly. Okay, I'm going to move on to the next scenario because we're running out of time. Next, okay, street evangelism. And this is kind of the really good stuff. I'm going to ask Nathan and Paul to come up. They are experienced street evangelists. So this is so different. This is so different than the last two scenarios we've talked about where, um, you know, we've had a coworker that you work with, you know, or a neighbor that you know. But this is just, hey, this is just, you know, getting snatched up and talking to somebody, a, a eunuch on a chariot somewhere, right, about the gospel, right? So um, anyway, I'm going to pass this to these men and let them walk through how they share the gospel to somebody just out like on the t- South Lake Town Square. Okay. Hey, how you doing? My name's Paul. You might not always shake hands. Um, I'm just out here today. We're trying to start conversations with people on um, some pretty profound questions, trying to get people's opinion. Would, would you be willing to answer some questions, have a conversation? Oh, I appreciate that. Um, and the question is, after this life, once we pass from this life into the next, what happens to us? I'm not really sure. I guess I've never really thought about it before. Well, I, I'm a Christian, and um, there, is, there is an answer to that question, and, and that's, that's the whole goal of the conversation is to share that, um, that message of that there, there is, you know, after this life, it, in Scripture it says it's appointed to men once to die, and then after that the judgment. So there is something that's going to happen to us, and do you believe in God? Well, I've heard a lot about God. You know, I was kind of raised Christian, but I'm just not sure that I see enough evidence to believe that there's a God. Well, kind of the same as as you could look at a painting and you could see that you could look at that painting and say, there's a painter, someone has painted this. You can look at creation and the earth and everything around us and, and, and know that there is a creator. Just the complexity of the the planet that we live in, the stars, everything around us, that someone had to create this and set it into motion. And there's even some verses that kind of touch on that. The Bible starts with it in Genesis 1-1 that God, uh, in the beginning, before I misquote this, God created the heavens and the earth. And then in Psalms, it goes on to say that the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. So he's, he's created us for a reason. You've been created for a reason and, and there's purpose behind that. Um, scripture goes on to show how, how man has fallen and this is kind of to the point of what happens to us next that man has fallen that we've sinned, sinned against God do you, do you think that you've lived a, a pretty good life or how would you look at yourself in that way yeah I mean I, I think I've tried to be pretty good try not to offend people you know try not to step on anyone's toes I, I feel like you know I try to do some good things every now and then random acts of kindness I, I feel like I've been pretty good that's good and um, I applaud that and um, I think most people have a, a general view of, of what's good 
and even if if we compared ourselves to God's law, um, the Ten Commandments, like things like um, you shouldn't tell a lie, or you you should honor your father and your mother, you shouldn't steal, um, to honor the Sabbath, um, things like that. Most believers or unbelievers would say that these are good things. And the reason why I bring that up is if you were to hold yourself to that standard, have you ever told a lie? Well, sure, I think everyone has. Have you have you ever stolen anything? Yeah, I mean, maybe something small when I was a kid. Have you ever used a four-letter word or taken the Lord's name in vain using his name as, as a four-letter word? Yeah, I've done that. So just with those few simple questions, few simple things, you know, we, we've already, we see that we're lying, thieving blasphemers that, you know, have taken God's name in vain. And if you dig deeper in the scripture, you'll see that even hate in God's eyes is equated with murder. And, and looking at a, a man or a woman with lust is, is equated with adultery. So when we stand before God, he, just off of those bases, he will find us as sinners and, and not able to enter into his kingdom. Now, that's, that's kind of the bad news of this, but God did make a plan for us to where we will be found right before him. In, in Matthew, it says that, that we are to be perfect as our heavenly father is perfect. So if we would put our faith and hope in Christ who lived the perfect life for us, took the penalty of sin for us, the, the penalty of those things that we went through, um, we can have salvation. Have you ever heard, any, heard anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I was raised Christian. I probably heard some things like that. I'm not sure that I ever really understood that. What, is, uh, what does faith mean? Faith is, is, is the hope and the belief that you put in something like like the chair for that you're sitting in, for instance, you, when you sit in that chair, you, you know that you have the faith and the hope that it's going to support you. And in that same way, you're putting your, your faith, your hope, your belief in Christ that he will save you. Um, just some more passages I like to read on, on what we're talking about is that in Romans, it says there is none righteous, not even one, and that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then it goes on to say the wages of that sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's the hope that we have. That's where we put our faith and belief in Christ Jesus because he lived that perfect life. He took on that penalty and then was raised again on the third day. And putting our faith and hope in that and believing in that, if we confess with our mouths Jesus as Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And, and that, that's the faith that I'm, I'm speaking of. Very good. Great job, guys. <clears throat> so again, I wanted you to see this because if you've never done this, this is hard, but I wanted you to see how you can do this. To, you know, it's good when we put legs on these lessons, right? That you can understand that I can do this. So maybe you can look at that conversation that Paul just had with Nathan and think about, try to remember that. These Paul did a great job of using your memory verses, right? Those are core memory verses that we have. Your, your text even talks about four themes that some people think about, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. You know, Paul brought creation in, you know. You might be in a conversation with somebody about 
the mountains or hiking and say, you know, I just, sometimes I'll just throw there and say, I love the mountains. I love to go to Colorado. I just love to see the majesty of God, to see his creation. And just, you know, you could just get into that conversation sometimes that way, you know, just find those little ways. But these are some of those probing questions, and you can use these on the street because, again, this is, well, you can use it with anybody, right? But these are good for the street evangelism. What do you think God requires for someone to get into heaven? But I might use that with my neighbor in that conversation with my neighbor. Say, you know, I really care about you. You're my good friend and neighbor. Let me just talk with you about this because, you know, my wife and I, we really believe in Jesus Christ, our Savior. What do you think it takes God requires for someone to get into heaven? These are great questions. If you were to stand before God today and he were to ask you why he should let you into heaven, what would you say to him? That's like the old D. James Kennedy, uh, you know, evangelism question, right? Who do you say Jesus is? That's another great question nowadays with all the different religions we have out there. Ask a Muslim that question sometime, but be prepared to answer it because they're going to tell you who they think Jesus is and who he isn't, right? But you ask them, who, who do you say that Jesus is? I've gotten into conversations with Muslims, colleagues that I've worked with before, and we've had this good, robust, but somewhat intense conversation about who Jesus is, Right? What does your religion hear, and this is dovetails to that, what does your religion teach regarding heaven and what happens when we die? Can I share with you what the Bible says about those questions? So that's a good question like my Bible college professor used to share with us if you're dealing with somebody like Mormons. Bev and I have had two, two young Mormon men come to our house before. We did this. We let them sit down and say, just tell me what you believe about getting into heaven. And I, I'll just listen. And then let me tell you what I believe about how we get into heaven. And, you know, that's, that's a good way to have that gospel conversation. Let them just spill it. And then you can talk with them about what the Bible says, you know, about getting into heaven. This is another good thing, especially in light of all that goes on in our world. Are there things that are happening in our society that are evil? Is there evil in this society? Because basically a core tenet of, you know, humanism in our society is, well, people are just basically good. You know, they just do bad things. But people are not basically good. People are evil. We've sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. People are basically evil. And that's why we see these things happening in our world. Um, And then what is the basis of morality in society? So those are all great questions. They're in your book. But think through those. Okay. And you're likely to hear, like Nathan was saying, is a works-based answer. Like I said to Clint, you know, I've basically been a pretty good person. You know, we've tried to live a good life. You're going to hear that again and again and again. But that's where you, man's basically good. That's where you're going to come back with your, with the truth, with the scriptures, that man is not basically good. You know, this is what the Bible says. Um, And those are, these are some of those really good answers. May I talk with you about what the Bible says are God's standards for entering heaven? I heard you say that God is too loving to send someone to hell, but the Bible tells us that there is an important fact we must remember about that. May I share with you? Those Those permission questions are good. They're respectful. They're kind. May I share with you about this? May I talk with you about what God says and what the Bible says? Um... And I think those are really good questions. May I share with you about heaven and rejection? So it's going to happen. You just, you just expect it, whether that's someone on the street. Nathan, that probably happens. Does that, do you guys get outright rejected very often? Yeah. Okay. He says a third of the time, people just don't want to hear it. And that's fine. Just go on. Just move on, you know. Your job is to sow seeds. That's the way I look at it is. Even if you're rejected, 
you might have an opportunity to share just a little bit with people. Sow seeds, sow gospel seeds wherever you can. Because I always say this, when people lay down at night to go to sleep, they think about things. Things go through their mind, things they've heard. I've had people before that I've, you know, laid those seeds and then they come back and we have conversations, you know. So don't ever, ever be, pray for them, you know what I mean? The other thing you have to understand, your book talks about this too, is you cannot argue someone into the kingdom of God. God saves people, right? We know that. Acts 16, Lydia, whose heart the Lord opened, she believed, right? That's what we need is the Lord to open people's heart, but he does it through the gospel message. That's why he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel of good news, good of glad tidings. You're bringing the gospel of good news to them so that God can use his word to bring people to Jesus Christ. But understand, you're never gonna, by argumentation and logic, etc., argue them into the kingdom of God. Not that there's not value in many of those arguments, but you're not gonna save them through that. So pray for them. That's the other important thing I would say is leave the door open for future conversations too. Okay, I'll just, I'm not gonna call anybody up, but this is the scenario I had here that you may face, and I'll just tell you how I would handle this. So a family member, so this is a scenario where your mother's ill and she lives with you, bottom line is, and your unbelieving brother is flying in to see mom before she dies. And mom is, as I said here, a godly woman standing firm on the rock, and your brother knows that. But your brother is a very successful attorney in Seattle, and uh, he's a graduate of Berkeley. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just can't reconcile what he got taught at Berkeley with all the things that mom believed. And he just won't believe whatsoever. And you know, you pick him up at the airport and you've got him for an hour in the car. So what are you gonna say to him? You know, what are you gonna say to him? I'll just throw this out there. What are you gonna say to him? You got your brother for an hour, you love him, you've had a good relationship, but pretty much in the past, he's kinda shut you down on these conversations. But it's, it's your brother and you've got him for an hour. So what are you gonna to say to him? Mary. Mm -hmm. Right, you've got them locked in. Just go 70 so they can't get out, right? Yeah, and, and you know something? This is your brother you love. He's gonna die and go to hell eternally unless he comes to know Christ. He will never see his mother again and there, there is no harm there is no fact, this is the loving thing to do is to share the gospel in, in love. So I might to launch into this conversation and say, Bob, I love you. You're my brother. And I have to share this because this is the rock. This is the truth. And yeah. Next slide, David. Yeah, so I might, you, you know, this is kind of a question out of the, oh, Susan, go ahead. Michael, I love you, you're my brother, and I'm a selfish person, I want you in heaven with me. And then I kind of proceeded to tell him how he would be saved and forgiven. God, a repentant heart, God will not despise. You know. That's excellent. I mean, just share it, let him hear it, let him think about it. And you could say, like I said here, mother's health weakening, death is nearing, have you considered where you're gonna spend eternity, mom? You know, I love you, here's the gospel, you know it, you've heard it but you've got to hear it again and leave it at that. Next slide, David. We're going to wrap up here one, like one, one minute. So, oh, this one I didn't get to, but you can read it. This happened to me, exactly this scenario. When you get the opportunity to go in and sit in your boss's um, office 
and you send up the SOS prayer and say, oh, Lord God, help me to have the words to say. And you do, but you do. But you might have opportunities like this where you just say, let's talk about what God says about this situation, about God says about morality. And, and, and I did. And, um, it, you know, we, and it was a good conversation. But that's, don't ever, you know, we're going to put, put in these situations, don't ever shrink from them. You know, that don't ever, it would be easy to get out of these conversations, but don't. Just, just share the truth, share the truth. And... Um, Okay, next. Oh, here we are. Yeah, anyway, you see what I said up here. Point your boss to God's word and God's answers about the issue. This is true for anything. Any colleague who might ask you some kind of issue, it might not necessarily be your boss, but somebody asks you about these moral issues in society, point them back to God's word. Say, may I share with you what God says about this and share the scriptures to them. That might get you into those gospel conversations. Okay, next slide, David. And that's it. And um, so, any questions? Sorry, we went over just a couple minutes. Yes. I invite them to church with me. Uh, seriously, if, if you're in a situation like that where, where but if, if they can't come to church, that's like what he was asking was, somebody, you ask them about the gospel and they affirm they're a believer, but they're listening to, to bad teachers, false teachers. You know, I'd invite them to church. If they can't come, won't come, I'd get a good study Bible in their hands. I'd say, hey, Here's, get them to listening to Grace to You or to R.C. Sproul, Ligonier or somewhere, say, hey, these are some really good Bible teachers. You know, that's what I try to do is try to get good teachers and good literature in their hands. A good study Bible might be a good place to start with them too. If, if you truly know they're a believer, yeah, and you're pretty sure they're a believer, but get them to church, come to church with you. Does that help? But, I, but yeah, getting good literature and, and getting them to hearing good teachers is important. Well, why don't we close because I'm, I'm over a few minutes, but, and I appreciate your patience with us and walking through this this morning. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of sharing the gospel, the privilege, Lord. You saved us. We know what it is to be raised from the dead, to be redeemed. Oh God, give us that heart. Give us that heart always throughout our life, that heart of love and passion we had when we first believed that we might love people, that we might share the good news, and all for your glory. Work through us, God, and draw us near to Christ as we become evangelists in his name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.